comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined as usual by Pierce. Hey guys. And we're joined tonight by Dave. How you doing, Dave? I'm good. And uh, welcome back to our Netflix series where we will talk about a movie in three sections. First, uh, spoiler free, pretty much. Then a recommendation section for movies that are very similar to this film. Which is going to be really short. Yeah, probably, yeah. But other things that it just makes us think of. And then a spoiler filled portion at the end. If you look in the episode notes for this episode, it'll be all timestamps so you'll know where to go. This week's movie, as we talked Wait, about... Wait, we do timestamps now? Only for the Netflix episode, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, we talked about this in our last Netflix episode, but our movie this time around is the 2001 comedy Pootie Tang, written and directed by Louis C.K., who mm-hmm. we're a big fan of, particularly his his uh, show Louis, although this is very different. Um, I was about to say, yeah, it's very, very This different. is very different. This is very different. And, and not for the reasons that I love Louis for, but that's a different story. Okay, that. fair enough. This is based on the character Pootie Tang from the Chris Rock show. They kind of spun him off into his own movie like they did with a few characters on Saturday Night Live back yeah. in the day. It flopped. I think you could say its box office take was $3.3 million. It had a budget of $7 million. budget of $7 million. Um, I had never heard of this movie until I was at our local community college back when I went there back in the day because I got my first two years done at a local community college. And it was just playing in the um, student lounge. I'd never seen it before. I had no idea what I was watching Watched just about all of it because I had like a long break in between two classes that day for some reason. I think one was canceled or something, and still wasn't entirely sure what I had seen when it was done. But I was probably like sixteen or seventeen because mm. I started college really young. But yeah, I had really no grasp of what this was. Didn't even know who Louis C.K. was at the time. But it was a strange movie, and then I yes, wa- it is. I it wanted is to get, very strange. I wanted to see it again. So a couple months ago or weeks ago or whatever, I'd seen it was put back up on Netflix. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie and see if it was what I remember. And I really enjoyed it. Like, it's a, not my bag at all. Like, it's very different. But <laughs> I enjoyed the heck out of this movie. So I chose it. We watched it. All three of us watched it, actually, with uh, with another friend of ours who is not available tonight. But, Hi, Dakota. Um, You'll never listen to this. But I, Hi. So this movie has a kind of impressive cast, actually. It does, uh, People yeah. who've gone on to do very big things... Oddly enough, not the guy who plays Pootie Tang, uh, Lance Crowther, Crowther, hasn't done it a lot, but J.B. Smooth is Truckee, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, Wanda Sykes, Robert Vaughn, Chris Rock, David Tell, Missy Elliott, David Cross, uh, Andy Richter, a young Kristen Bell, Bob Costas. Like, there's a pretty impressive cast in this yeah. strange black exploitation parody um, of Pootie Tang. That's Tang. a weird word. I know what, exactly what it means, but that's still a weird what, word. exploitation? Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, but so Pootie Tang is the story of a man named Pootie Tang. Two words, don't Google it as one because you'll get something um, that if you have children around or something, it will be not the thing you're looking for. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Well said. Uh, it's a story of this guy who has a magic belt that he can use to take out evildoers. He's nigh invulnerable. He is just kind of an international 
multimedia celebrity. He's, he's a triple threat, yeah. He's got record deals and movies and children love him and he's like the ultimate role model and he tells them to do things like share and not drink malt liquor. He just benefits the inner city on the whole. He benefits everybody yeah. on the whole from what, from well, what you can see Well, except for women. Movie. I mean, no, he, he's, he's, from the beginning of the movie when... Uh, Oh well, I mean, women. <laughs> become, she's throwing his stuff out the window, and he's like five. And it's like women become overly attached to him in some very creepy ways, particularly when he's a kid. Yes. But like he's very anti-misogyny and stuff, and that That's comes true. a few times during the movie, um, which was kind of really refreshing and funny, and I appreciated that. So he's this guy who is referred to as too cool for words because Pootie Tang doesn't necessarily speak English. He throws in English words in there. And sometimes you'll get two or three words in a row that make some yeah, sort like, of sense. I gotta say blank. Yeah. But then it's mostly phrases like sadate or coming down on a penistar. What a time. What a time. Yeah, and everybody understands what he's saying. Um, I think there's a few exceptions in the movie that you see, but for the most part, everybody just automatically knows what he's saying. Um, but he's too cool for words. Yeah. And this is the story of the evil Lecter Corp trying to take him down because their sale of Lecter Burgers and Lecter Malt Liquor and other things of that ilk are going down because Pootie Tang is such a good influence on the children and so they want him out of the picture so they can do that along with Dirty D, I think the guy's name yeah. is, who is basically Pigpen the Black Mobster. It's <laughs> um, a great way of describing Froggy, it. Froggy who looks like a leprechaun, kind of? Yeah, I guess that's what they were going for there. Um, Chris Rock plays three roles in the movie. He plays Pootie Tang's dad, Daddy Tang. Daddy Tang. That was like Papa Tang, but yeah. Or, uh, I think it's Daddy. But it's Daddy Tang and it's Mama T. Mama and Mama T. T, yeah, right. Yeah, Dane on the cherries, Mama T. <laughs> um, who dies when Pootie Tang is very young in a very funny way that I won't spoil till later. Um, <laughs> that's probably actually one of my favorite parts in the movie. Um, that that line delivery. He also plays a radio DJ, yeah. and he plays one of Pootie's best friends, JB. Because there's uh, JB, Trucky, and who's the other guy who's always hanging out with him? I don't know. Is it Frank? I think it might be. Yeah. Shaky. I don't know. There's a lot of weird names in the movie. Shaky. But there's the guy. There's the guy who always people say something like. It's hot out here. It's so hot you can find egg on the pavement. It's so hot that my sweat is sweating. And they get like, yeah, you know what? And it's hot too. <laughs> I, I don't remember that guy's name, but he always he cracked. He Pierce. I know you didn't like love this movie. He was the part I loved. But about. every time he opened his mouth, you would burst out laughing. Yes, I love anti jokes. He was he was the delight of the movie. It's hot. Yeah, I know it's hot. I just, I just said it's hot. <laughs> And it's hot. And it's, for the record, that's not us trying to do racist voice. It's us literally doing an impression of Chris Rock, who's the one saying that line. Yeah. Um, and that was actually something interesting to talk about with this movie, um, because I'm trying to think of things that we can talk about that aren't just going to spoil it. It doesn't really deal with race in a strange no, way. Really. It's got a, almost, not exclusively, but a very a mostly black cast. It's obviously a parody of black exploitation movies. I mean, there's no getting yeah. around that. But while it does deal with like misogyny... And, and some other issues, race is not one it touches on, like, ever? No. I'm trying to think no, if there's any it, time in the movie that it comes up. I mean, you could a little bit with David Cross's character. Okay, yes, David Cross does show up at two scenes, very briefly, in blackface. 
probably one of the funnier instances of blackface yeah. I've seen. Yeah. Still uncomfortable, but... Yeah, blackface isn't generally that funny when you run into no, it. No, no, it's fair. But, I mean, at, at this point, like, the joke is that isn't this terrible. But that's the closest yeah. you... But that was a good pull, Pierce, because I haven't thought about that. Um, that's the closest you come to that. And even in that case, it's not really a spoiler, but it's not someone being in blackface to... I mean, it is exactly what blackface is for. It's because they're pretending to be somebody else... But it's it's not done for mocking purposes, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It's done because they're trying to pretend to be an African-American person, yeah. uh, Dave, Dave Cross is, um, for a reason. Not a good reason, necessarily, but there is a reason. It's, it's a very surreal movie in many ways. A lot of things just don't make any sense, but they're not really supposed to. Yeah. And it's uh, we'll get into recommendations, but there's a movie we've seen called Black Dynamite. And I've always said Black Dynamite is kind of a black exploitation parody where they were smart funny. They they aimed yeah. for smart funny and they achieved smart funny. This, and we'll get into to the differences between that later in the recommendation section, I think, but this is, they tried for stupid funny and they succeeded with stupid funny, at least in my opinion. Which, for me, is not normally something I'm into. I'm a smart funny type of guy when it comes to my comedies, generally. I think stupid funny is just, you can do it so poorly, too. That's true, but I mean, like, I'm not into slapstick. I'm not into, yeah. like, see, see, I'd much I rather watch now. Laurel and Hardy than The Three Stooges. Which, yes, it does have some slapstick in it. I would say Laurel and Hardy are still put in the slapstick category, though. But for their time, they were doing it smart, and not just... I mean, you that's know, fair. I mean, but, I mean the eyes, yeah. you could, but you could also say both about they had Woody jokes. Allen. I mean, Woody Allen, you can also say, is slapstick and smart at the same time. Sure, depending on which movie you're talking about. Sure. Yeah. What's the one where he's a time traveler? Oh, I, my knowledge of the Woody Allen catalog is not very high. I'm trying to remember. Which is odd, because he directed my favorite movie, Purple Rose of Cairo. But I have, like, no knowledge of the rest of his Uh Purple Rose is the one where people are in the movies and conscious and... Yes. Yes, okay. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, I like that movie quite a bit. With Jeff Daniels. Yes. So what else can we say in the non-spoilery portion of this movie? It's very meta. Um, yes. It's... It's got a twist that I called right away. Yeah, well, it, yeah. Although it's also a twist that doesn't make any sense, even within the context of the movie, which exactly. is kind of fun. Because um, it's a twist, but it's a twist that if you think about it, you go, no, nope, because <laughs> things happen in the movie that would say that they can't be true. And not in like an M. Night Shyamalan yeah. kind of way, but just in uh, the framing device of the movie kind of way. It's narrated the whole time by J.B. Smooth, I believe. I think so, yeah. Whoever the best friend is, yeah. Uh, the guy who plays Truck, yeah, J.B. Smooth. Which is something you don't see a whole lot these days. You know, I mean, it's kind of that, I you know, like a Shawshank Redemption and yeah. New Freight was, you know, whatever. But this is Trucky talking about his best friend, Putin. So is there anything else we can say non-spoiler before we move into our... No, I really don't think so. I, I mean, I want to talk about things, specific things happen in the movie, but I feel like they would be spoiling. Exactly. Yeah. Well, w- without going into spoilers, would you recommend this movie? I've already made it clear that I would. It's weird, but I really enjoy it. It's not... I wouldn't say it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a good movie. But it's a entertaining bad movie, which is, granted, not something I'm normally into. I'm not a so-bad-it's-good kind of guy, except in this case. Go ahead, Dave. You go first. I would recommend this movie. I think if you're looking for things along the lines of, like, a black dynamite, something maybe even, like, going into the category of, like, a Wayne's Brothers movie, like, Don't Be a Menace or Little Man or something like that, you'll, you'll get a laugh out of it because there are other movies in almost in the same, like, genre. Those ones are a little bit more, like, you know... They have a lot more, like, racial tones to them than this one does. But, yeah, they're all, like, in that kind of, like, stupid, funny, like, well, yeah, that's inner city type. It's weird to bring that up because, like, 
I think of those movies, and I've seen some of them and I haven't seen others, like the, the Wayne's Brothers movies and stuff, but generally much more adult humor. And while there is a little bit of that in this movie, yeah. there's really not a lot. It's no, very, it's actually very like, like, I wouldn't yeah. have a problem, like, showing something like this in front of, like, young teenagers. Like With, with the exception of the, the weakness to the belt. But even that, I mean, it's more just, it's um, innuendo more than anything else. It's not that, like, nothing. There's things that, like, if you know what's going on, yes, there's adult things yeah. going on. But there's nothing really graphic on screen. Yeah, like, you could have a five-year-old yeah. in the room with this, and they wouldn't be like, what's he doing? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go five, but I see what you're saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the most graphic thing that happens in the entire movie involves a pie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's more just off-putting and yeah. hilarious than it is anything else. Kind of oh, wait. Room. I think I missed that part. Yeah, you were out of the room for that scene, but it's one of my favorite parts of the movie, and it's very strange. It is a very strange section. Um, but so, I recommend it. Dave recommends it, Pierce. I would recommend it in a group. Okay. Like, you know, if you have a bunch of guys over and you're like, ah, okay, let's do something. I'd, I'd agree. I think it actually played better watching it with you guys than I did just by myself. Yeah. And I already liked it by myself, but... Hey, just um, on your own, if you're just chilling one night, I wouldn't. That I would not recommend it, but that's... And I, I get what you mean by that. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's something that if you had to watch... If you end up watching it by yourself, if you weren't even... If you didn't like it to begin with, it might be something you would shut off. Yeah. But together with a, it, with a group, it actually does play a lot better. Uh, so let's go into the recommendations section. Or the similarities. Things we would recommend based on this are things that it reminded of, or things that reminded us of 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 it. it. The first one we've already talked about a bunch, but Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite is a 2008 or 9, I think-ish movie. Again, blaxploitation, much more adult, this one. It deals with a lot of um, adult topics, but it's... Makes you feel... Ooh! (laughs) You know, it gives you... Um, Whereas I really like Pootie Tang. Yeah. I love Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite's amazing. It used to be available on Netflix Instant. It's not anymore. Uh, Which I don't think we said at the beginning of this episode. This movie's available on Netflix Instant, which is why we're recommending it. Black Dynamite, like I said before, is smart funny. Yes, there's some slapstick stuff in there, but it's much more smart critique of the blaxploitation genre and a really funny parody in its own right. Yeah, I agree. And you've both seen it, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. um, And I've seen some of the episodes of the TV show. Yeah, I've seen um, some of them. Yeah. Which is a cartoon TV show, so we should say that. Black Dynamite, what the part I liked about Black Dynamite is the also the parts I liked about Pootie Tang. And that was the the fight scenes because they were done so comedically. Yeah. Um, Although Michael Jai White, who plays Black Dynamite, he's like actually a really good martial artist. Oh yeah, not As opposed denying to Pootie skill. Tang, where it's more just like him whipping his hair back and forth and knocking bullets out of the sky. Yeah. But they're still both really funny. Well, yeah, and and you know, so what was the the one scene where he's you know Black Dynamite's dueling in his in his dojo, and then a phone just appears out of nowhere next to his head. You know, so it's the it's, or he'll like jump out of frame in one direction. The camera's yeah. stationary, and then he'll jump in from the other side. Like exactly. he ran around behind the camera or something, and boom, Mike's coming in. And, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a great part in Black Dynamite where um, it's not a spoiler, but there's just the scene where he goes to a pool hall. I think it is. And either he punches this guy or somebody else punches the the other character. But this one character gets punched in the face and you see the actor visibly react as like he wasn't supposed to get really hit but they really connected and he's like ow and and then you cut to another angle and it's a different actor in the role and it's yeah. a different actor for the whole rest of the movie like the guy was really hurt was like I quit um, it's just like weird things like that that uh, 
rather amuse me I agree. Black Dynamite. I agree. So, I mean, I think we'd all recommend Black Dynamite. I would right? recommend Black Dynamite. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, again, much less family friendly, but it's... <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the, the end or the resolution to it, but... I didn't like with fiendish Doctor Wu or with Nixon. No, that okay. No, that <laughs> part was fine. The fiendish um, Doctor Wu is amazing. Uh, I, I I forgot about that part, but no, just kind of like the the gives you ooh part that we were talking about. Like, oh, like how that? that yeah, I, I love that part. The, the logic, the the non logical logic yeah. of that really works for me. So, what other movies would you say, or books, or video games, or whatever, does this remind you of, or would you recommend based on this? Just the way the comedy is, and it's not a very close recommendation, but the TV series The Boondocks. Okay. Or the or before that, the cart, the comic newspaper comic strip, The Boondocks. Boondocks. Yeah. But I mean, the show has the karate action aspect to it that the the comic doesn't. Doesn't usually, no. Yeah. Or it didn't usually. It's not. I don't think it's published anymore. But. So. But yeah, I would definitely recommend like just just the whole like it just fits the whole genre. It's the karate action like. Kind of goofy, and you have the like one character that like du- that gives that pro social message towards everything, <laughs> and it's just a funny show. I would go for um, just kind of on the exploitation tick. I would go for some of uh, Tarantino stuff, um, yeah. Kill Bill, um, for more sex exploitation, but also some other forms as well. But then Jackie Brown, yeah. which is not like my favorite. I, I like it quite a bit, but it's you got to be in the right mood for that. At least I do to watch Jackie Brown. But another wildly different... It's not like it's similar to Black Dynamite or to Pootie Tang. It's very different. But they're both playing with those black exploitation conventions mm-hmm. to very different effects, but both very effectively, I think. Um, you've seen Jackie Brown. You watched it at my house, I think, one time. That's the drug one, right? Uh, the drugs are involved, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I like that one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot of adult swim stuff, actually, just in general. You, you brought up Boondocks. Yeah. But like Metalocalypse... And you really put Metalocalypse in that category? I, I would say in the tone and how it's playing with exploitation concepts. Um, I, I wouldn't say like the Venture Brothers, but I would say Metalocalypse or um, Boondocks or well, the, the Black Dynamite cartoon was on Adult Swim. Um, a lot of those kind of things have a similar sensibility to them in the way they land back. So John, even down to like the Children's Hospital or uh, NTSB, SUV, NST, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it, I would... In the sense that it's... They have a funny premise, they play it for all it's worth, and they move on to the next funny premise within the same setting and playing with the conventions of that type of thing. Uh, yeah, but I, I feel like... I, I think you're taking it very broad. I think I could definitely agree with a Kill Bill where it's definitely a style. Oh, absolutely. And that's the style aspect of it. And I agree with that, and I, you know, I agree with the boondock side of it. Um, but yeah, when you get into like Metalocalypse and stuff, I think that's going for a completely different tone, where stuff like Metalocalypse is just going for blood and gore and shock and all and that, and it's not really trying to be smart, it's just, this is stuff that's happening, look at it. While, like, NTSFUV, whatever... And Children's Hospital is just going more for awkward humor kind of thing. But also, they're parodying a specific type of thing. They're par- like, I was yeah, but now, now you're just getting into parodies. Yeah, I guess. Well, yes, but ones who do it on a long form and on a long-standing, you know, genre, basically, be it NCIS, CIS, or CSI-style mm-hmm. crime shows or hospital dramas, which is what Children's Hospital is doing, and these are doing black exploitation. Yes, they're, they're parodying different things. 
but they're parodying a style. And so differently than like a music parody, I would say it's something a little bit different. Yes, you're parodying a style, but you're also parodying something specific in a song. Whereas okay. this is more, it's parodying a genre. Like you don't really get a, you do get like a Tenacious D who'll do like, they're parodying the rock or metal or alternative yeah. genre or whatever you will. But not so much with music, whereas these things are parodying a style. And I would say Metalocalypse, Metalocalypse is outside of that a little bit, although they do do some parody things where, like, they have a whole episode that's a parody of Fitzcarraldo. Like, it's, granted, Fitzcarraldo is not blaxploitation or exploitation yeah. or anything, but the way they do that is, again, different, but, I don't know, for whatever reason, sensibility-wise, in terms of, like, if you think this is funny, you'll also probably think this is funny. That's where I kind of fall into it more. Okay. That's fair. So, any other suggestions before we move on to spoilers? I think we move on to spoilers. All right. So, from this point on, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be spoiling Pootie Tang in full. I mean, we won't say every single plot. There's right, really not much to spoil. I mean, it's not like it's a plot-driven the, movie. The, the next pick we have, which we'll talk about at the end of this episode, is much more spoilerable. Uh, but at the same time, it's not, because I knew the story going in. But, I think I think knowing the story is the appeal of it going Kind of sure, it, yeah. But, so, um, spoilers section. Uh, I said I would mention it later, but the way that Daddy Tang dies um, in a factory accident where he's mauled <laughs> by a gorilla. <laughs> and it was apparently the third time that someone had been mauled to death by a gorilla in that factory. Um, really cracks me up. And it's one of the first things in the movie. We, we talked about um, the guy whose name I can't remember, but who always does the... The joke of, hey, yeah, it's hot, too, or whatever. It mm-hmm. says the same thing you've been saying back to you. And then Chris Rock bursting out and, and uh, yelling I know, at him. I just said that. <laughs> um, Wanda Sykes as Biggie Shorty. <laughs> that was kind of amazing. Weird. That was yeah. so weird. And my revelation that, oh, she's uh, Nicki Minaj before Nicki Minaj existed. Kind of, yes. That character is, is very similar. kind of hot as Biggie Shorty, too. Uh, I, not yeah, big, but okay. The, the, the fashion sensibilities, because it's 2001, and yet yeah. it feels a bit like 2001 had a baby with 1991 fashion Well, especially because she dressed up exactly like a hooker. Like, Well, yeah. The pie scene. Pie I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the pie scene is. see the pie scene. So. Yes, I had to deal with family things. So. Yeah. So he had to leave the room for a few minutes, but um, the Lecter Corp finds a way to, using Stifler's mom, to uh, basically cut Samson's hair, but in this case, take Pootie Tang's belt, so he's no longer able to be, like, unstoppable. And so he goes out to... Oh, and we should say that there was a weakness to the belt, and the weakness is hoes. Yes. Because you can't beat a hoe with a belt, because they like that. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that was the line, yes. Yeah. Um, So he sleeps with Biggie Shorty for the first time. And then she tells him, oh, I've got this farm, my grandmother's farm or whatever, out in the, in the boonies. Why don't you go there and find yourself or whatever? So when he's out there, he goes into town. He, he's, he becomes a farmer for a, a week or something. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Where he's planting one stalk of corn and <laughs> doing an amazing job at it, but that's all he's doing. A stalk of corn that later turns into his father and then a cow that turns into his mother. It's weird. I think you were out of the room. I was out for that, well. too. Um, but so he goes into town at one point and meets the sheriff and the sheriff's daughter. And the sheriff has been trying to marry off his daughter since she was like 12. And no one in the town is interested. And she, it's not like she was unattractive. I was, yeah. I mean, she was, was, I was surprised. I was like, I don't understand that. But okay. So she brings a pie over to, like a blueberry pie or something. Yeah. Over to Pootie Tang's house, or the farmhouse. And he just starts taking chunks of the pie and rubbing them all over his face and neck and shoulders 
as she is uh, becoming visually excited, shall we say, yeah. and then they fall backwards through a glass window. And Ooh, it is on. It is one of <laughs> oh, the most right. awkward, weird, but at the same time hilarious um, scenes. In fact, recommendations. Gentlemen Broncos is another one that for the for the, okay, for, the for that scene for and the just that scene, yeah. awkward factor, absolutely I would for that say. That scene also American Pie too. So. Well yeah, yeah. We're going <laughs> pie based love making. And Jennifer Coolidge is in it, Jeff Lewis, yes. like I said. So that I thought that scene was all kinds of amazing. And then he's forced to marry her, but he's gotta go back and save the town because so they've been Chucky marries her instead. So Chucky marries her instead. And then like all this is happening, like I love how this movie takes um uses the passage of time in that it doesn't, in yeah. that two people will, you know, two people go up to a, a, a turn where you can go left or right, one person goes left and one person goes right, and you'll be seeing their stories for the whole time. One person will be doing something over the course of a day, yeah. and the other person, like, it'll seem like months have passed, <laughs> and they'll be commenting on things that are going back and forth on the other story. And that's like with, with Trucky, where he seems to have been married to her for, like, a couple months mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, yet it's... The same day, yeah. as far as you can tell. And just different things like that, where there's a certain sur- surreality to it, or surreality, if you will. So the Lecter Corp, they take Pootie's belt, so he, that's why he goes to the, to the farm. And they start, they, they have him sign away his likeness, because he doesn't have the belt. He can't protect himself, so he signs away the likeness. And so they're using fake versions of him to sell all their products. Including David Cross in blackface for like two minutes. Pootie's bad time burrs. And they're... <laughs> Where he gets up on the stage is like, no, I, I am Pootie Tang. Wadita. <laughs> um, it was kind of a strange... This is the second Netflix movie we've had with a weird Arrested Development cameo. Yeah. Um, but then there's a whole army of fake Pootie Tangs that Pootie Tang has to fight. One <laughs> he learns from his... They're all just chilling in the restaurant right there. But uh, That's true. It was weird. When he meets... When his, his dead father and dead mother come back in the form of the single stalk of corn and the cow to tell him... There was never any power in the belt. The power was inside you the whole time. You just had to believe in yourself or whatever. And so he then has this showdown with Dirty D in the the farm town yeah. Main Street, which that was an amazing. You laughed at that one quite a bit. Was that was gunfight. Well, no, just the, the the way they got closer. Face, I knew they were going to do that. They're facing off, and the camera keeps switching perspectives, so you can see both of them, but like one's in the distance, and, and you're looking at them, and then you're looking from behind the other guy, and etc. And it keeps switching back and forth. And they're not moving, but they keep getting closer together. To the point where they're, like, touching, and their arms are then, like, crossed, and then they're behind each other. Yeah, and they're like, what just happened? Where'd you go? <laughs> so he he beats Dirty D, gets his belt back, and then yeah. goes into town where he fights the whole army of white guys in blackface as him. Although I don't think they were all white people in blackface. No, but a large portion. Which is a lot of Pudang impersonators. I love the fight. We talked about the fights a little bit, but he yeah. uses the belt to just sometimes, like hit people, sometimes spank them, like literally yeah. them over his knee, spanking them. But he also has the, the world's worst uh, ponytail that he uses to, like, whip, like, whip his hair back and forth. It, and, it was like a and, jerry curl mixed with a ponytail. Yeah, it was strange. And he knocks bullets out of the air and will, like, make faces at the bullets or, like, shoot them back at you with yeah. his ponytail. Um, I thought that was all kind of amazing. Um... <laughs> It's just so strange. Well, in the in the credits, they showed... For, I don't know why they cut it, but the 30 seconds of Dirty D shooting a machi- uh, a uh, gatling gun at him, a minigun, and he, like, 
hip checks them all with the belt and is like thrusting. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, it didn't really fit continuity wise with what happened before and after. But then again, half the things in this. I was movie about to were. say, what, who cares? And nobody in this movie really did, from what I can tell. Um, Kristen Bell is in this movie, Sarah Marshall, for that was, 30 seconds in the end. That credits. was so weird. Yeah, when she, when he just stares her down. And I'm like, is that Kristen Bell? That's Kristen Bell. I had to look it up, and I was like, it really is her. The whole thing with the record, because that, that Andy Richter's cameo, all those things happen with the yeah, record executive. Andy Richter, yeah. And with, he records a blank record. A record well, yeah, because he's listening to some, some set beats, and he just starts turning all the knobs out it just kind of like grasps at all of them and slowly turns them all down I'm like it, there's no, there's nothing it, it, it's silent you know that right and he's like what a time and he just goes in and then he's like grooving to the nothing yeah and, and he's he's making motions like he's singing into the microphone but there's no sound coming out and it's, like it's like full on screaming passionate like yeah no one can see what you're doing Peter. I know that's the best part but of the it's, whole thing but in a way it kind of works in a meta sense exactly that's, that's but I love that also how they use that where you're then seeing people across the country listening to it breaking down and dancing yeah because at first they like it turn it off they're like what what is this and then they're like mm, mm, yeah yeah and I love yeah the one, Rudy and then I love the one little kid who turns it up and doesn't do it kid. and his dad comes and goes turn that noise down and <laughs> there's no sound coming out of the, the, the record at all um, and then Chris Rock plays their DJ, who's like, like I love you, Booty. I love you so much, Booty. This is the most amazing song I've ever heard. And, <laughs> and then the and the credits they go and where he's, he's really like pouring water on himself. I love you, Booty. Booty, Booty. Oh, you're the greatest. Um, you mentioned it earlier, but we didn't really go into it because I said it was spoilery. Um, the framing device of the movie, the the twist, if you will. <laughs> yeah, the thing I looked over like. Wait, isn't this still a thing? And you're like, yep, it's still a thing. I was like, okay. Which is, the movie starts with Pootie Tang talking to Bob Costas, the news anchor. And they're talking about his career, and, and I understand you got this movie that's coming out, Pootie Tang, what is it called? Pootie Tang, Call Me Down on Panty Style, I think is the name of the movie? I think it was just Pootie Tang. Yeah. I think I like you just, just have a title. film coming out. Oh, um, maybe they don't actually yeah. say the name. But it was, and I understand you have a clip. And they go, yes, we do. And then the movie starts. And you watch the whole movie. Well, because it, it is a clip, too, that starts it off. It's just like a little action sequence, you know, that would be a clip. But that's yeah. true, yeah. And then the movie just continues it on. It was like an action sequence, then the opening credits, and then the movie continues yeah. on. And that's when I turned to you, and I was like, this is still an interview, isn't it? <laughs> and at the end of the movie, it's, wow, that was the longest clip I've ever seen. <laughs> in the movie, you know, back in the thing. But the weird thing is, Bob Costas is in the movie as yeah. himself in that studio interviewing people about things that are happening in the movie. Yep, it's, it made no sense. Unless he was playing himself in the movie as well, but he was also playing himself in the movie that he was playing himself in the movie. Well, he was playing himself in the movie, interviewing people that were currently in the movie as if it were real life, interviewing him about a movie in real life in the movie. <laughs> it's enough to make your head hurt a little bit. Yeah. Um, if you think about it for any length of time, which the people producing this movie probably did not. Yeah. You know, just have Bob Costas do another interview. In, in, in oh, in He's already here. Why he hired he was funny. Yeah, he was good. He, he had some really funny... Th- like, there was nobody in this movie who was like, yeah, it's not buying it. Like, even the overacting and goofy things all worked for me. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, the the executive, I was kind of like... Oh, Mr. Lecter? Yeah. Was he wasn't really supposed to be funny. There was nothing about him that was particularly funny. No, he was just kind of... He was just a cardboard cutout, but yeah. Yeah. So. Was there... I mean, I mean you like the movie the least. Yes. What would you say was, like, your least favorite things about the movie? I'm curious. Because, I mean, like, like we both admitted, it's not a great movie. 
but we enjoyed it, and you didn't enjoy it as much. Although you did enjoy parts of it. I enjoyed, yeah, like, the, the, the fight scenes and whatnot. I, I'm trying to think why, why it was that it just didn't work for me. Which it, it was, it was odd. And I don't mind odd. Like, you know, my favorite director is Wes Anderson, so I love odd, but I don't think it was inventive or creative enough. <laughs> I mean, the char- there were characters. They were very much characters themselves, but the whole thing was like, oh, you stole my identity, and then, oops, now we're going on this thing. Now I'm raising corn. Now I'm rubbing my pile over myself. <laughs> like, you know, it, it was just kind of like joke after joke with a little bit of continuity. Like, it was not... It wasn't well written, I guess, is what I'm... It was barely written. It was, yes. It was, like I said, it was a bunch of jokes that had a continuity thrown in between them, so... Oh, I guess another recommendation would be, of course, Louie. Not that Not that it reminded me of it in style, but in that, hey, it's the same guy who wrote and directed it, and that's a really... That is a great show, you know? It it is, but see what... I don't... Alright, so here's the deal. I love Louie. I don't think it's funny. I think it... There's episodes where it's funny. There's episodes where it's not trying to be funny at all. It's yeah, dark. and that's well, not even dark. Like the one where it's he, real. It's yeah, real. the one where he goes to visit. I guess his grandmother or the kid's grandmother, great grandmother, whoever it is, oh, in the country. Yeah, well, in the country. But even like in that drive out, when the kids are like, "I'm bored," and he goes on this like, "You know, no, you're not allowed to be bored. Like in your mind, you have infinite ability to think of anything you want. You are not allowed to be bored." And, like, he just goes on this whole rant, and it's beautiful. Like, or the episode where his sister's pregnant, and she's like, oh, I'm having contractions. Sure, it ends up being a fart. But, <laughs> you know, it was this whole thing of, like, well, what do I do with my daughters? Like, i got to talk to my neighbors. I don't know my neighbors. This is the situation where I'm meeting my neighbors, and I have to learn to trust them right now. Like, there's so much cool life stuff in there, that, and that's why I love Louie. I just never really found it funny. So, but I, I well, I mean, I disagree with you I, that I'd never find it funny. I think there's lots of really funny things in it. Yeah. It's just as the show goes on, he focuses less on the funny and focuses more on just slice of life, telling really stories, weird, yeah, real stuff. So, um, so is that all we have to say about Pootie Tang? I think so, Dave. I'm good. All right. So next time on Netflix could be which weeks is from five now. minutes from now. Well, we're going to record the next one now, but uh, you know when it would be released, I don't know. It could be a month away because we've got a couple episodes in between that will definitely be coming out. Well, let's give a recommendation. So, Pootie Time was my choice. Yep. The next choice is yours, Pierce. And, yes. well, we, like you already let out of the bag, yeah. we've, we've already seen it, but um, it's a movie I'd already seen. I want to tell folks what it is. Uh, it's called Burning. B-U-R-N-I-E? No. Or B-E-R-N-I-E. B-E-R-N-I-E. Um, if you hate Jack Black... Don't worry. Don't worry. Because he's not. Um, this is Jack Black acting. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a Jack Black fan, and so when I saw this thing with Jack Black, and I was like, not interested. I actually saw the movie before you did, but even with yeah. that, this is a movie that, it's not, it's sort of like, oh, I don't like Jim Carrey, but Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, or The Truman Show, sure. Yeah. This is one of those situations, but for Jack Black. Yeah, because yeah. it's not Jack Black being Jack Black in a movie. He's like, playing a character. A um, real yeah. person, in fact. He's not yeah, his and, school of rock, like, tenacious D, like, Jack Black self in the movie. He's not basically, like... He's not in a movie just doing whatever he wants to do. He's not teaching small children to play guitar. <laughs> While impersonating a teacher for a highly prestigious <laughs> school. But so this is the true story. Yes, 100% true of, story. Of a man in Texas. He's not from Texas, but he moves to Texas. He's yeah. a mortician or a funeral director. Um, they, they do discuss how the term has changed in the course of the movie. Um, and he is a guy everybody loves. Yep. And by the end we'll of the movie, from there. he's on trial for murder. And 
believe me, I did not spoil anything when I said that. There's yeah. a lot more to this movie. And and I would also encourage people to look this up, too. Yeah, well, like, after you've seen it, or if there's some part where you're bored or something. Because it's a little bit of a slower movie. It is. It doesn't... It It's not as long as it seems. Like, with the four of us who are watching it, we're like, wow, this is really long. But it's only like an hour and a half or an hour 45, yes. something like that. And the fourth, again, being Dakota. Not Chaney. Hi, Chaney. Um... <laughs> But anyway, excellent movie that we will talk on our next Netflix episode about. Yep. So uh, this has been Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. I'm Dave from Jersey. Have a good week, everybody. What a time. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at Jordan at LegionofDudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N at LegionofDudes.com. Or follow me on Twitter at Jordan F-R-M Jersey. Mm-hmm.